Thessalonians. Greetings in the name of Jesus Christ our King. We are so excited for this opportunity to share the Word of God with you through your favorite program, The Moment of Truth. We are at a critical moment in God's plan for humanity, and God is said to do awesome things in and through individuals, families, communities, organizations, nations, continents, and across generations. As we proclaim the Word of God in the following series, you are going to receive illumination and direction, especially those in the Valley of Decision, and hopefully you'll be accurately positioned for the current move of God. So, sit back and relax. Go ahead, call your family and friends, and get ready for a life-changing encounter with the Word of God. As you do, your life will never be the same again. All men and all things are not equal. Say that with me this afternoon. All men and all things are not equal. It was part four that I preached last Sunday. I'm dealing with the same series, part five. But my subject today is how to discover who and what matter most in your life. How to discover who and what matter most in your life. In life, as you journey towards destiny, you are going to meet so many people and you are going to discover so many things. I wish you would listen to me and just take important points. In life, as you journey towards destiny, I said you are going to meet many people. And you are going to discover many things. Since you were a teenager, have you met other people that you did not know in your teenage years? Huh? Have you met other people beyond your primary school classmates? Do you even know where they are now? Not all of them. So, as you journey towards destiny, you are going to meet many people and you are going to discover many things. Some of these people and some of these things will be very vital and others will be very trivial. The earlier you meet the vital few, the quicker you are able to dispense with the trivial many. You will find out for yourself that the vital are always few. But the destructive trivial are usually many. The greatest guide and helper in this regard to quickly discover the vital few is the Holy Spirit. Yes, 
Please turn your Bible with me this morning to John chapter 21. I'll begin to read from verse 14. In John 21, Jesus showed up at the Sea of Tiberias. Peter and his crew had decided that they were fed up with Jesus appearing and disappearing. And they were going back to their normal life to what they were used to. It was Peter that was the campaign manager. He said, I go a fishing. And because others were bored, they said, we'll join you. I don't take this message out of context. I've seen some of your faces. I like Kobani. I, I said, I go a fishing. I know why you're smiling. Uh-huh. I'm not trivializing any church program that is producing results because I was party to it also. drove my pastor throughout the old western region in my car we went a fishing and we caught some good fish so banish the thought that when I say I go out fishing I'm criticizing any church program that would be totally stupid Peter was bored he was tired of Jesus appearing and disappearing walking through the world he said you know what I still have a wife, a mother-in-law is at home. I'm not sure this business is going to yield dividends. I'm going back to what I was doing. That could be a thought. The other thought would be, after all, I was fishing when I met him. Again, when I said I will follow him. Let me go back to that spot. Maybe I will have a fresh encounter. And while they toiled all night and caught nothing, Jesus came to the seashore and in the morning. It's like, oh, that's the way we greeted ourselves in the village. He said, children, have you any meat? And they look at themselves. Jesus did not ask them, is your boat functioning properly? Do you have the right size of net? Do you have the baits? Who and who are with you? Who's part of your board? He was not interested. He asked only one question. Is it working? Children, have you any meat? Said no. He said, okay, lower your net to the right. The one who created the fish. The fish heard his voice and responded to the right. Well, you know, James and John were in the first Luke chapter 5 encounter. Immediately the miracle took place. John said, it's the Lord. May you know him in a peculiar way. That you will not confuse him with another person. And he asked them to come to the shore. When Peter heard that it was the Lord, he took off his fisherman and jumped and ran and got to the sea. Ah, you're convict. When he wants to show you that you've wasted your time trying to do it in your own strength because you have forgotten that by means of strength shall no man prevail. Nini Oweda, Sheko Kagbara. 
If you think that's not in the Bible, you go to 1 Samuel chapter 2, you will read there, by means of strength shall no man prevail, and go to Isaiah, you will see there, it is the lame that will take the prey. They found that Jesus was making breakfast for them. They had raw fish, he had cooked fish. And brother said, Come and eat breakfast. And if you see the way Peter was munching, you know munching? Was munching the thing. Lord, you're good. Lord, you're wonderful. He said, Peter, we have an outstanding matter. He took the fish and bread. He said, we are eat. As he entered his mouth, he said, do you love me more than this? He said, Lord, you know I love you. <laughs> feed my sheep that's your new assignment he took it a second time open your mouth as it was Peter do you love me more than this he said Lord I love you <laughs> feed my lamb he took it the third time and said Open your mouth. How many times did he use that mouth to deny him? Three times. Uh-huh. That's the outstanding business. And uh, when he said, Tell Peter also, he was coming to fix him. He said, Shape a metal deny. Why confirm the metal? Why did I confirm it? I hear of my coup. Do you love me more than this? He said, Only you know God. I'm not sure anymore. I said, Okay, feed my sheep. Verse 14. John 21, verse 14. This is now the third time Jesus showed himself to his disciples after he was raised from the dead. So when they had eaten breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonah, he returned him to his original bit. Because when they met, he was son of Jonah before he said, You become Peter. Do you love me more than this? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, feed my lambs. He said to him again a second time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, tend my sheep. He said to him the third time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? Peter was grieved 
Because he said to him the third time, do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. Most assuredly, verse 18, you are going to read it with me. Ready? Read. I say to you, when you were younger, you guarded yourself and walked where you wished. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and another will guard you and carry you where you do not wish. You are asking the Holy Spirit to come in his own special way. He will carry you to where you do not wish. Verse 19. This he spoke, signifying by what death he will glorify God. And when he had spoken this, he said to him, follow me. What did he say to him in Luke chapter 5? Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. At the end of the Sea of Tiberia, what did he say to him? Follow me. Between the first, follow me, and the second, follow me. Peter failed several times, but he never failed to follow. But as long as you keep following, it will still make you what he has planned and purposed for your life in the name of Jesus. Read verse 18 with me again. Ready? Read 21, 18. Ready? Read. Most assuredly, I say to you, when you were younger, stop. When you were younger, what happened? You guarded yourself. You dress up in the morning, depending on where you are going. If you are going to meet that babe, there was a way you dressed. Because you want to impress her. I'm not talking on holy talks. You want to impress her, so you dress well. You don't dress anyhow when, when you're still pursuing them. It's after you have pursued them, you dress anyhow. <laughs> you need us to see how, how my suit was well ironed the day I was going to propose. And now I practice the English that I will speak and the rehearsals that I've done. Wow. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> but when you are going to court you dress another way when you are young you guarded yourself depending on where you wish to go huh? but when you are old you will stretch out your hands and another will guard you and carry you where you do not wish. In ancient, as well as modern times, especially in middle and upper class homes, children are trained to do things at the time they needed to do them. I'm not talking about homes like mine. Because my mother would wake me up at 3 a.m. to carry Kula not from Shudeke to Ishabo, 3 a.m. And after carrying it at 3 a.m. and return home, 
You just sleep a little before you go to school. And you still do some household chores. And you are returning home to do more. But in middle and upper class homes, they have what they call breakfast time. Yes or no? They have time to go to school. Yes or no? They have time to do homework. Yes or no? They have time to do household chores. Yes or no? They have bath time in the evening and then they have bed time. Am I right? <laughs> Is your bedtime? Hey. <laughs> However, as time goes on and children become adults, everything becomes discretionary. Yes or no? Because you can't compel them anymore. It's like me going to Rotimi's room and say, uh, Rotimi, it's breakfast time. Say, Dad, I'm not hungry. What do I do? There's nothing I can do. The man says he's not hungry. He's not hungry. But when he was, when we were young, breakfast time, everybody would show up. So everything now becomes what? Discretionary. Thank you. And when our lives are defined by our choices, the all-important question becomes, how do we make good choices? Because it's now discretionary. I do not want to take you back your wayward ways, but many of you left home, and when you got to campus, your life changed. The things you would not dare do at home, you began to practice them on campus. This is freedom. You join all kinds of gangs. You drank all manner of drink. You smoked everything smokable. Because it's freedom time. You went to parties and returned home late to the hostel. Very late. You danced all night. Any time of the day was coming and you had to return home, you are in so much pain that, oh, I'm going back into bondage. CGCC, without a guide for making good and quality decisions, time comes when we get overbooked, overextended, overcommitted, end product, burn out. Because you are now in charge of your own schedule. You take more than you can handle. You bite more than you can chew. It's at that stage of life that the battle for the right of way gets very frantic and frantic. You see how busy you have become. You know how busy you have become. And then there will be other things competing still for your attention. And you know the one that starts suffering? Fellowship with God. Communion with the Holy Spirit. And if anybody is warning you that, hey, hey, you are running an empty tank. 
You need to come in with the Holy Spirit. He said, look, the Bible says if any man shall not provide for his own household, he's worse than an infidel, he's lost the faith. I'm providing for my household. But I can't attend fellowship as I used to. And does that stop you from communing with the Holy Spirit? Even if you cannot attend fellowship. But it's the last thing. We put him in the back burner. The one who is supposed to guide us into all things profitable is put on the back burner and we run on our own fuel. I will by God's grace show you that the greatest killer that you have harbored for too long a time is your to-do list. It was sold to you. And you have those stick of papers. When you wake up in the morning. Things I want to do today. Without consulting the Holy Spirit. And at the end. What should bring you progress. Becomes a trap. I'm sure you are looking at your to-do list for tomorrow. Oh, to-do list. And then you add to your to-do list deadlines. Not knowing that there are dead traps. You wake up in the morning, the first thing you do is, what I need to do today? You know, you don't own the day. Did John 21, 18 happen to Peter or not? When you were young, you gathered yourself and you went where you wished. But the time is coming when you are old. Old age is not old age, it's mature. You stretch your hand to another. Who will now guard you, G-I-R-D, give you strength for today and for the assignment. Who will guard you. And lead you to where you do not wish to go. It literally happened to Peter. Acts of the Apostle chapter 10. Acts 10 beginning from verse 1. There was a certain man in Caesarea called Cornelius. A centurion of what was called the Italian regiment. A devout man and one who feared God with all his household, who gave arms generously to the people and prayed to God always. He had imbibed the God of Israel, though a Roman. Perhaps he had become a proselyte. About the ninth hour of the day, he saw clearly in a vision an angel of God coming in and saying to him, Cornelius... And when he observed him, he was afraid and said, what is it, Lord? So he said to him, your prayers and your arms have come up for a memorial before God. Now send men to Joppa. And then send for Simon, whose surname is Peter. Does God know your name? Does he know your last name? Can you smuggle identity theft to take anything from heaven? No. Is lodging with Simon Etana, whose house is by the sea. GPS. 
It will tell you what you must do. And when the angel who spoke to him had departed, Cornelius called two of his household servants and a devout soldier from among those who waited on him continually. So there were three people now. So when he had explained all these things to them, he sent them to Joppa. The next day, as they went on their journey and drew near the city, Peter went up on the housetop to pray about the sixth hour. Don't let me jump this. I wanted to skip it, but I'll still tell you. God is not angry with your going to Joppa if it is part of your schedule. He's only angry when he sends you to Nineveh. And you jump to Joppa in order to go to Tashish. You will end up... (laughs) It's called Fish Hotel. Fish hotel. The problem with the fish hotel is your credit card is not accepted there. You'll be held there until God speaks to the fish. You see, many of you are in prison because you are in rebellion. But Peter was where God wanted him at this time. So Joppa is not necessarily an evil city. It's not a place God does not want you to go. It's not a it's not God who is angry with pleasure. At his right hand are pleasures evermore. But you have to go through his left hand, which this it means. Let's read on. Then he became very hungry and wanted to eat. But while they made ready, he fell into a trance. We don't know if this trance is hunger induced. It's okay. (laughs) But he fell into a trance. He was hungry. He fell into a trance. And saw heaven opened, and an object like a great sheet bound at the four corners, descending to him and led down to the earth. Content. In it were all kinds of four-footed animals of the earth, wild beasts, creeping things, and birds of the air. And a voice came to him, rise, Peter, kill, and eat. Is this a difficult instruction? You are not going to the jungle to hunt. What you need to kill has been brought to you. See, the problem is you do not know that God wants to bless you where you are. And you don't think he can bless you where you are actually. You must go elsewhere. For some he will bless them elsewhere. For others he will bless them where they are. If you mix it up, you are in bad shape. But Peter said, Not so, Lord. Who is in charge now? Hello. Because he was used to guarding himself and going where he wished. The story is about to change. And he was resisting like you do too. Not so, Lord, for I've never eaten anything common unclean. Why would God ask you to eat unclean thing? Because he has made it clean. But it's unclean. 
He said, are you the one in charge? And a voice spoke to him again the second time. What God has cleansed, you must not call common. If you were one of the two spies sent to Jericho, who lodged in Rahab's apartment, and you know she was called the prostitute, would you ever marry her? Hello. Would you? Who among you will obey God like Hosea did? Hosea was a young prophet praying and prophesying and jumping up and, and God said, um, Hosea, I want to demonstrate my love to Israel. I want you to go to the slave auction and the prostitute joint. Read this. I have a girl there called Goma. It's tied at the stake about to be sold. I want you to go and pay for everything and marry her. Or if you were prophet Isaiah, he said, I want to show these people how empty and naked they are. Isaiah, I want you to remove your clothes and walk naked. Come, Holy Spirit, I need you. Come, sweet Spirit, I pray. Come, in your strength and your power. Oh, come, in your own special way. And after you have walked naked, you now began to prophesy unto us, a child is born. And Oti, Oti Yawiri. His wife was not pregnant. Do you understand? His wife was not pregnant. Unto us a child is born. Not a child will be born. Unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. The government shall be upon his shoulders. We told you when that guy was walking naked. We know. This is why I said maybe last week. Maybe during the conference. uh, During uh, classic. I said. When you take a step of faith, others will call you mad. Because you must be crazy to do the things we are doing. I just plead with you that you don't do mad things and call it faith. Let's read on. This was done how many times? Three times. Why? Three men, three witnesses were coming. It was done three times, and the object was taken up into heaven again. It was done three times, and Peter refused three times. He refused. I, I like the way uh, my friend Jonathan David would say it here. He said, He would say, uh, Peter would tell God, God, you are God, I'm a Jew. We are different. Maybe you are free to eat anything. I'm a Jew. From my childhood, I've been trained never to eat these things. Three times, God, God lowered the thing down to an apostle. And he refused three times. God will not let go. Let's see. 
Now while Peter wondered within himself what this vision which he had seen meant, behold, the men who had been sent from Cornelius had made inquiry for Simon's house and stood before the gate. It's called Cornelius' connection. You understand me? God is not author of confusion. He will not send someone to you to come and take money from you that he has not prepared your heart to give. A young man said to a young lady who came to me to report, he said, I had a dream that you are my wife. So go back to him and tell him, let me know when you wake up. You are dreaming. God is not out of confusion. There will be a witness in your heart. Do you know Mrs. B did not say yes or no to my proposal? You don't know. I told you before. When I proposed to her with a bottle of Coke and I think she had Fanta or something. <laughs> Granot was supply free. <laughs> I didn't pay for that one. Why do I have to pay for heavy dinner when she has not said anything? <laughs> she will eat my food and go out. <laughs> Said to her, marry me and spend the rest of your life in bliss and pleasure. Amen. Or marry another and suffer. Say, huh? That was the way I proposed. I paid for it dearly. You know how I paid for it? On our 25th wedding anniversary, she said, You married me then. I want to marry you now. She dictated the color of my suit, the color of my bow tie. She dictated what she would like to see of me. And then she went into a room where they dressed her up. When she showed up, I said, by me. She dictated the type of ring she would have for her 25th anniversary. When I placed my card at the jeweler's shop, my, <laughs> my bank called my phone. Somebody is using your card. <laughs> Do you know why she could not answer yes or no and she just smiled? And whether she answered yes or no, we have five children. That's all. <laughs> Our father had told her the first day he saw me, said, who is that young man? He came in with such honor and glory. That's your husband. And I had not proposed. I didn't go there looking for a wife. So when I now open my mouth and talk, I think in our mind, is, is my father right? God is not an author of confusion. Stop proposing to two, three people at the same time. That's called a you, Japan, any three from four. <laughs> All right. And they called and asked whether Simon whose surname was Peter, was lodging there. Look, these are total strangers. How would they know the location? How would they know the name and the last name? While Peter thought about the vision, the Spirit said to him, Behold, I lower the church three times. Three men are seeking you. Listen to this. Arise therefore, go down and go with them 
doubt in nothing, for I have sent them. Then Peter went down to the men who had been sent to him from Cornelius and said, Yes, I am he whom you seek. For what reason have you come? And they said, Cornelius the centurion, a just man, one who fears God and has a good reputation among all the nation of the Jews, was divinely instructed by a holy angel to summon you to his house. Is now a summon. To summon you to his house and to hear words from you. Then he invited them in and lodged them. On the next day, Peter went away with them and some brethren from Joppa accompanied him. You will discover there were six of them later. And the following day they entered Caesarea. Now Cornelius was waiting for them and had called together his relatives and close friends. As Peter was coming in, Cornelius met him and fell down at his feet and worshipped him. I'm sure you won't do that, will you? You will. If an angel introduces a man to you, and the man shows up at your doorstep, <laughs> it was like the day Pastor Deboy said he was coming to my house. For the first time, he had never visited us at home. We just moved from Surulere to Ilupeju, two places where we are living now. Pastor Deboy was coming. Well, I, I laid the bed. There were little crisps on the bed. I ironed it right there. I took air freshener. Everywhere. I waited. When it was about 30 minutes from arrival, I positioned the flask properly. I made sure everything was neat. Because Pastor Deboe was coming. But Jesus comes every day to you. Your bedroom is nasty. Your bathroom is messed up. Did he not say I'll be with you always? Do you know that cleanliness is next to godliness? You keep your home tidy because you do not want to expel God from your presence. He worshipped. And Peter stretched out his hand. Listen. But Peter lifted him up saying, stand up. I myself am also a man. Every bishop, every general overseer, every general superintendent should learn this. And stop taking worship from men. I also am a man. I myself am also a man. And as he talked with him, he went in and found many who had come together. Then he said to them, you know how unlawful. She, you see the message he brought. You see? You see why the Holy Spirit had to jump on those people and stop him? You know how unlawful it is for a Jewish man to keep company with or go to one of another nations. But God has shown me that I should not call any man common unclean. Therefore, I came without objection. As soon as I was sent for, <laughs> I asked them, for what reason have you sent for me? Now, learn this. The vision God showed Peter was for Peter's learning and education. 
God did not expect him to go to Cornelius to show off. Yes, before you came actually. Yes, before your men arrived. I saw a vision. Three times. And you are all four-footed animals. And beasts. (laughs) The secret things belong to the Lord our God. But those things which are revealed belong to us. And to our children forever that might be able to walk the walk of this law. Let's read quickly. So Cornelius said, four days ago I was fasting until this hour. And at the night hour I prayed in my house. And behold, a man stood before me in bright clothing. I said, Cornelius, your prayer has been heard. And your arms are remembered in the sight of God. Send therefore to Joppa and call Simon here. Whose surname is Peter. He's lodging in the house of Simon a tanner by the sea. When he comes, he will speak to you. Will Peter ever doubt that this is something orchestrated by God? It's not possible. It's too real. So I sent you immediately and you have done well to come. Now therefore we are all present before God to hear all the things commanded you by God. Then Peter opened his mouth and said, In truth, I perceive that God shows no partiality. But in every nation, whoever fears him and walks righteousness is accepted by him. The word with God sent to the children of Israel, preaching peace through Jesus Christ. He is Lord of all. That word you know, which was proclaimed throughout all Judea and began from Galilee after the baptism which John preached. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. And we are witnesses of all things which he did both in the land of the Jews and in Jerusalem, whom they killed by hanging on a tree. Him God raised up on the third day and showed him openly, not to all the people, but to witnesses chosen before by God, even to us who ate and drank with him after he arose from the dead. You know, he said, this is, touch me. A spirit has no bone and flesh. His blood was already on the altar in heaven. And he said, give me honeycomb to eat. So they knew that they saw him. He ate. They were in his presence. Are you ready? Let's read. And he commanded us to preach to the people and to testify that it is he who was ordained by God to be judge of the living and the dead. To him all the prophets witness that through his name, whoever believes in him will, I, will receive remission of sins. While Peter was just speaking these words, because the Holy Ghost knew that Peter would go off tangent. You understand me? Yeah. While Peter was still speaking this word, the Holy Spirit fell upon all who heard the word. And those of the circumcision who believed were astonished. It was the nations that were astonished on the day of Pentecost. It's now believers that are astonished that God has, God has gone beyond them. They were astonished as many as came with Peter because the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles also. For they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. Then Peter answered, Can anyone forbid water that they should not be baptized who have received the Holy Spirit just as we have? And he commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord. Then they asked him to stay a few days. Question. Did Peter want to go to Gentiles? Huh? I can't hear you. Did Peter agree when God was lowering the 
the sheet three times. Did Peter agree to eat? When Peter stayed with them a few days, did he bring food from home? Would he have eaten with them? Would Peter, in his natural tendency, have gone to the house of Cornelius to preach? But he stretched out his hand and the Holy Spirit guarded him. I'm going to take you to the place where you will see in your Bible that was the Holy Spirit doing this. And took him to where he did not wish to go. So when Jesus said, when you were young, I want you to become sensitive to the Holy Spirit because he's going to ask you to do things you are not accustomed to. They don't have to be sinful things. Do you understand me? No, they won't be sinful. He will not ask you to do what will hurt him. But it will be something that will hurt you. Hurt your feelings, hurt your ego, because it's not what you are used to. His obedience came with consequences. Not so? Or everybody clap for Peter. Yeah, 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 yeah. Wow, what a wonder. Look at the way God used you. No. Brethren were waiting for him in Jerusalem. Let me just finish on this call, then I will come back. Because it's too, it's too rich a message to be wasted in a hurry. And just hurry past it and you don't see all the fine details. Okay? Your obedience will have consequences. Acts 11. Now the apostles and brethren who were in Judea heard that the Gentiles had also received the word of God. It was Judea. Okay? And when Peter came up to Jerusalem, so those in Judea had passed the message to his God WhatsApp. Uh-huh. Do you know what Peter just did? They sent it to Jerusalem headquarters. Okay? Can I really touch on this? Or let you go? While when Peter came up to Jerusalem, those of the circumcision contended, contended with him, saying, You went into uncircumcised men and ate with them, you. But Peter explaining to them in order from the beginning, saying, I was in the city of Joppa praying. And in a trance, I saw a vision. An object descending like a great sheet led down from heaven by four corners and it came to me. When I observed it intently and considered, I saw four-footed animals of the earth, wild beasts, creeping things, and birds of the air. And I heard a voice saying to me, Rise, Peter, kill and eat. But I said, Not so, Lord, for nothing common or unclean has at any time entered my mouth. But the voice answered me again from heaven, What God has cleansed, you must not call common. Now this was done three times and all were drawn up again into heaven. At that very moment, three men stood before the house where I was, having been sent to me from Caesarea. Then, did you see that in Acts 10? Huh? Did you see it in Acts 10? 
Did you see then the spirit in Acts 10? Then the spirit told me to go with them, doubting nothing. You do not have that sentence in Acts 10. When you were young, you gathered yourself and you went where you wished. But the time is coming when you mature. You have to stretch your hand to another one who will guard you and lead you to where you don't want to go. Then the spirit told me to go with them doubting nothing. Moreover, these six brethren accompany me. Don't travel alone. Don't go alone. These six brethren accompany me and we enter the man's house. And he told us how he had seen an angel standing in his house who said to him, send men to Joppa and call for Simon who saw them is Peter. Who will tell you words by which you and your household we be saved. As I began to speak, the Holy Spirit, if he sends you, he will perform beyond your widest imagination. He will confirm the words with signs and wonders following. As I began to speak, the Holy Spirit fell upon them as upon us at the beginning. Then I remember the word of the Lord, how he said, John indeed baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit. If therefore God gave them the same gift as he gave us when we believed on the Lord Jesus Christ, who was I that I could withstand God? When they heard these things, they became silent. Those who criticize you are going to go quiet. Those who challenge your faith and say, where is their God? They will keep quiet. The Holy Spirit has enough signs and wonder to silence them. It will perform notable miracles through you. It will perform notable miracles that cannot be denied for you. In the mighty name of Jesus. When they heard these things, they became silent and they glorified God saying then, God has also granted to the Gentiles repentance to life. I've not gotten to one, one third of my note that I'm going to close. I'll come back. Let me say this to you. Do you know why we are pulled in different directions? Why we do not focus on what matters? Because we don't like criticism. I want to please everybody. For Peter personally, he had never had any association with the ungodly. His standard text is, do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. Therefore, he has nothing to do with them. They were called Gentiles, was called a Jew, there was no meeting ground. You remember the woman at the well? So how can you, a Jew, be asking me, a Samaritan woman, to give you water? What do we have in common? Are you with me? Now, against his wish, the Holy Spirit brought a man into his life called Cornelius. How to know who and what matters. The Holy Spirit led him to go preach in Gentile territory. He got to the man's house, the Holy Spirit showed up. But when he returned to his own brethren, rather than clapping for him, they contended with him. Are you listening? 
What did they do? They contended with him. Now, if you are faced on due criticism, you'll be careful. Especially if you are unable to explain to anybody that it was in 2009 that God spoke to you that the key to your future is in the hand of a man called Buari. When you had never met to sit and talk about those things. And you only shared those things with your prayer partners and said, this is what God said. But you will not have to look for him, he will come and look for you. Are you with me? If you know the queries I had to face, how can you, a Christian, a pastor, run on an election with a Muslim, a fundamentalist? It's Colonial's connection. It's not understood by your environment, so they will criticize you. You know how it affected this church at that time. You know how people talked anyhow. So when you first saw things, if opportunity presents itself, you will go into your shell. So follow me to Galatians chapter 2. And see what happened to Peter. Because of undue criticism he had faced. Now he got to Antioch. And when he saw light there, he was eating with everybody. Verse 11. He he welcomed them because he knew what God had said. Now when Peter had come to Antioch, I withstood him to his face. Because he was to be blamed. For before certain men came from... Who was James? The pastor of the Jerusalem church Where they contended with him Before certain men came from James He would eat with the Gentiles But when they came he withdrew And separated himself Fearing those who were of the circumcision He was not fearing the part of them that was circumcised He was fearing their tongue It's so funny that some of those people now want me, sir, can you connect us with so and so? And I will look at them and say, even you. But I will oblige. Sir, we don't know if you know this person. I say, ha. Ah. People from James showed up again. Peter said, look, I'm not ready for any contention. He withdrew. And when Peter withdrew, Barnabas joined him. And Paul said they were hypocrites. But why did Peter withdraw? These were the same people of the circumcision of Pastor James's church who contended with him that he had to be swearing to an Abidavit before they would believe him. So he was enjoying himself before they showed up. He went like a snail into his shell. And Paul gave it to him hard. Well done, Paul. You are wiser. You are smarter. You are holier. You really love God more than Peter. Not so. He learned his own lessons too. In 1 Corinthians chapter 9, he said unto the Jew, I became a Jew unto those under the law 
I became one under the law, under the law. Unto those without the law. I became one without the law. Not without the law of Christ. I became all things to all men that by all means I might save some. This is the wisdom he lacked when he was criticizing them. It was pot calling kettle black. Because if he withdrew, when the Jews came, he was, according to the Jewish custom, he became a Jew unto the Jews. Do you understand what I'm saying? We are too quick to criticize a man in a mission. But that mission may benefit us. Yes, sir. So why do you want to curse your own blessing? Cornelius was in his house. Peter was not distributing his card everywhere. Peter was not looking for preaching engagement. Do you understand me? Who led him there? Holy Spirit. Who showed up when he got there? Holy Spirit. Listen to me. How to know the people and the things that matter most cannot be outside of the jurisdiction of the Holy Spirit. He knows who your destiny partners will be. He knows those who will push you, give you that push that you need to get to where you are going. And may the Holy Spirit help you that when they come in unlikely packages, you will not reject them. May he prevail on you to stretch forth your hand so that I can lead you to where you don't want to go. Because if you look at your life right now, you can see some of the things you have vowed you will never do that you have done. Say, how did I get here? Me, preach. When account has not been credited, me, you don't understand it. You enter my chambers. Go and ask those who knew my chambers. Before I appear in court, my account is loaded. Now I'll preach. They say it's too long. So I have to be cutting it short. You understand me? So that they are not overloaded. I'm going to teach this detailedly. And I'm going to look at your to-do list which you have confused with success list on Wednesday. And I'm going to profile Paul himself to see how the Holy Spirit forbade him to go to Maesia, forbade him to go to Bithynia, and now showed him a vision of a man of Macedonia and said, come here and help us. And when he got there, he ended up in prison. Obeying God will have its consequences. Why prison? Because the jailer is the next pastor of the Philippian church. And God had to send him there to bring him out so that that sheep will not be without shepherd. Are you listening to me? And I will show you what the Philippians became to him. That without the Philippian church would not have succeeded in his mission endeavor. Because they became his lifelong partners. Everywhere. They were the ones he could trust to pray for the release of the spirit to encourage him. Do you understand me? Don't curse your blessings. He knows who is important. He knows what's important. And when you operate outside of the Holy Spirit, you are running on a fuel 
that will crash land you. Stand to your feet. Father, in the name of Jesus, I've given them your word. I ask that you confirm with signs and wonders following. In the mighty name of Jesus, clarify in their hearts who they should relate with, where they should go, what they should do. Let them not labor in vain or bring forth for trouble. I trust you, my Father and my God, that they will have a testimony to give because Holy Spirit leads and guides. He will provide wherever He leads you into. If the Spirit of God leads you anywhere, the grace of God will sustain you there. We will not run away because of the consequences. Rather, we will let the consequences push us into our destiny. Thank you, Father, for answering our prayers. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. And the people said, Amen. Amen. Please, I don't want you to think you have gotten all the message. You got the intro. I've prospered tremendously only two ways. By hearing his voice and obeying his word. That's all I know how to prosper. I do not rely on feasibility studies and, and business plans. I don't. Good as they are, they don't inspire me. In fact, he has led me to do things that don't make sense at all. But the end product has always been profit. And I want to put those tools in your life and in your hands so that you would know exactly what God is giving you to do. Can I hear amen? Amen. Thank you for the examples we have seen today. That we had gone where we wanted to go, but now we are coming to you, Holy Spirit. And we stretch our hands to you to guard us and lead us to where we don't even want to go because we want to do your will. Not my will, Lord. Let your will be done. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. Praise the Lord. so much for listening we have to end it here today but it's been a real joy to come into your homes to unveil the truth of God's word I pray that the word of God you have received will sink deeply into your hearts and bring forth tangible fruit in Jesus name Amen in addition I pray that the truth you've embraced will not only set you free but it will empower you to impact your environment positively as God's representative in your sphere of influence. Till we meet again on this platform, remain sandwiched between the peace of God and the God of peace. God bless you richly. Bye Bye for for now. now.